you've hello. Just... hello, Matt. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, not so bad. Just about recovered from my, uh, my illness, but I'm doing well. How about you? Yeah, you sound a bit a bit hoarse, a bit uh, a bit rough. Are you all right? Just a little bit, yeah, I'll survive. Um, just just whinging, Anna. Um, no, I'm all right. Not so bad, really. Okay, very good. Uh, well, uh, you'll, uh, you'll battle through manfully. Um, let's uh, let's just uh, have a bit of a chat. Welcome to Man in the Stand. Uh, let's talk about golf as we do. A couple of uh, fellow golf addicts here talking about our, our golf punting um, successes and failures and a bit of a look at, at the week of golf. Uh, let's start, as we always do, uh, in Saudi, or well, in the European Tour when it's on, and uh, it's a bit of a break until the next event, but uh, this one was the Saudi International, uh, and uh, Dustin Johnson, it's quickly becoming a ben- benefit for Dustin Johnson, isn't it? He, um, <laughs> you know, he comes up and wins a, a third Saudi International, and, and, you could, and I think, as you pointed out, Matt, as he was kind of climbing the leaderboard through the week, it had a certain feel of inevitability about it, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's I feel a little bit validated with our chat last week in that I went I went particularly light on this one just because I thought if DJ or Bryson turn up, um, then it was it was it was theirs to win. Uh, and although Bryson was more erratic than usual, DJ, I mean, to lose it almost a stroke he lost on the greens. I think he could not find a putt. I think he borrowed Tony Fino's putter on Sunday, um, but. <laughs> that he just um yeah he was imperious from um it was interesting i thought on the weekend where it was a standard euro tour weekend where no one really wants to win it and i think dj joined in at one point and he thought he'd he'd push a few by and give everyone a bit of a shout <laughs> i mean it, it was comfy in the end wasn't it i mean what was your takeaway from from dustin yeah um, it was comfy in the end, um, just to sort of run through the top 10 uh, on the final day. Dustin Johnson finished two under on the round, in the fourth round to finish um, uh, 15 under for the tournament. Two shots clear of Justin Rose, who finished five under on the on the final round. So that's a bit of a pointer. He might be coming into some form. And um, our old mate, Tony Finau, God bless him, uh, finished two shots in, in a tie for second as well. Um, once again, uh, just... Cutting woes, but um, and and I was I agree with you, Matt. I was also light on the very light on this tournament. I I hardly had a bet, um, but just for interest sake, really. Uh, and and it was because, as you said last week on the show, you know, if this Dustin Johnson turns up in any sort of form, yeah, you know, he wins, and and sure enough, he did. Uh, rest of the field, uh. Callum Hill um, finished on three under and finished twelve under for the tournament on and, and the tie for third with your your mate Victor Perez who who looked exciting for a minute there but um... yeah I mean he he got me excited a little bit I actually backed him in play um, I had a bit of a fear of missing out because um, DJ at this point wasn't at the top um, and although I only backed Wallace and Lowry um, pre-event it's that one where you're going into a weekend and you want something to follow um, so I actually backed Perez after Friday night at 66s so it was looking looking relatively promising uh, but to me, no, I don't even think he played badly, Perez. I think, he, considering he was in the group with DJ, he performed fairly admirably. He missed a couple of puts that perhaps could have dropped. But largely, he also knocked a, a couple of longer ones in. I think he was pretty solid. Um, let it go a little bit at the end of the round and finished only one under. But I don't think that was... 
that was too bad. Um, but it was it was quite the leaderboard, I thought. Um, I had a quick look back and I have to have a little review and just see what was going on, see if there's anyone who's got hot on a weekend on a Sunday, had a really good round. Um, and your boy, um, Rasmus, had a... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Warming round on something, knocked it round in eight under. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I was, which... uh, yeah, yeah, I was just going to go get to him. Um, so uh, the, the rest of the ten, uh, top ten was Rasmus Hogard, as you say, on a storming eight under uh, to finish eleven under. So watch that guy. He's, I mean, anyone who can can rattle off an eight under in any sort of tournament is is worth watching. And, and as I've tagged for anyone who wants to kind of get a guy, a young guy to price um, Rasmus Hogarth as a major, major talent and someone to always keep an eye on. And I think this is the thing. If you're punting golf, uh, uh, if there's a guy in a, in a field that can do something like that, um, it's always worth just keeping an eye out. And maybe if he starts to you know, pop in a birdie or so and he's still looking like good value on the in-running uh, tote, like the bookies leaderboard, uh, the odds board, then mm-hmm. definitely... Someone you know, as Hogarth, who can do that. Certain golfers, there are only certain golfers who can do that sort of thing, and uh, and he's certainly one of them as a as a sort of a, a value option. Ryan Fox, New Zealander, um, son of Grant Fox, the um, famous New Zealand first five eight. Did you know that, Matt, Matt Phillips? Did you know he was a son of I, I, Grant I didn't know. I didn't think. I didn't know that. No, I thought as a your fellow countryman was gonna gonna bring it home at one point. Yeah, I think. At some point, they must have all borrowed Tony's putter, eh? Yeah. Because Fox could not find a putter. No, no. Strong point. He's always been an absolute bomber the country mile. Um, and then his father was. His father's a famous uh, standoff, you know, first five eight, all black. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know if he's right. Um, his dad. He's a very powerful guy, Brian Fox. And... Uh, yeah, he's someone who mm, uh, you wouldn't put the house on him, but um, uh, but you know, um, you know he's he's someone to to, to watch. The course that suits him uh, definitely. This course sort of kind of like a uh, you know, as we said, a long hitter's pitch and patch. Uh, then 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 he's someone to look at. But as I say, or you know, take him with caution. Uh, Victor, yeah, for sure. Um, Victor, there was Victor Hovland, Tyrrell Hatton, and Thomas Peters. And George Coates. So, anyone you want to sort of um, uh, talk about there in, the, in that top 10? Yeah, just a couple lower down. So, it turned out, I know there was lots of talk a couple of tournaments ago, whether it was the Desert Classic or in Abu Dhabi, about being a massive win bias, um, which didn't actually come to fruition because I think the forecast changed um, over Thursday, Friday. But I had a quick look back after I saw a tweet on Sunday at the leaderboard from either side of the draw. Yeah. And I think it worked out. There was about four shots in it if you got the. If, I can't remember which way around it was, if you got the AM-PM wave rather than the PM-AM wave. So that's obviously going out early Thursday and having a late one on Friday. There was a massive disparity between the two. Um, and the only couple of golfers who got anywhere near the top 20 um, were Victor Hovland, who who was different to everyone else. And he had a, a sparkling round on, I think it was Friday or Saturday. Yeah. And didn't quite back it up um, on Sunday. But also someone who is also a bit of a bomber. Um, uh, he's a lad who was born in Zimbabwe, but raised in America, Sean Crocker. Um, he's a young boy and he hits it a country mile off the tee, um, has a bit to work on around his short game and things like that. But he hit it beautifully tee to green. And I just thought it was really interesting as another one who's who's up and coming and shown bits of form here and there. Um, he would have been right bang in it if he was the other side of the draw. And he's quite a big price, I think, at the start of the week. So one to keep an eye on if it's, a, like you say, a bit of a bomber's paradise. Yeah, Crocker finished in the tie for 12th. Um, a good, very solid final round, four under final round to finish on uh, nine under for the tournament. And a 
tie for 12th with Paul Casey, uh, Kurt Katayama, uh, David Horsey, Sergio Garcia, and Soren Kelson. So Casey had a nice final round as well of, of three under uh, to finish, as I say, on, on a tie for 12th. So, yeah, uh, and Bryson, and then down into 18th, interesting, there was a name there, a guy by the name of Bryson DeChambeau. So um, just a bit of a tardy uh, final round, one under, um, and, and finished um, on, on eight under for the tournament. Um, didn't get to see a lot of Bryson. Did you get to see a lot of him in that tournament? I watched bits of him. He was in contention, wasn't he, Thursday, Friday. I think he shot five under opening day, uh, but he was just loose from the bits I watched. Um, yeah. Even on Sunday, they always keep up with Bryson and just see where he's at. But you saw him put in for eagle from about 20 feet at one point, but also at various spots in the desert, sort of he took the, the agricultural route, I think. Um, so... <laughs> Whether it's just him knocking off a bit of rust and trying to trying to get a start and pick up the Saudi money, um, you can't blame him for that, I guess. But he wasn't in the place that I expected him to be, maybe. Um, he was more one, well, he was one that I thought you could have banked on to have done the work over the winter and been a lot more tuned up, I guess, when he when he when he turned out. But it didn't seem to be the case and he looked frustrated with himself. Um and I'm a big Bryson fan, um, as as you know. Yeah. Um, but even with the putter, he was disappointing. So I think his, there's lots to work on for him, maybe. Maybe he's just feeling weak after trying to lose this weight, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he did, I did see that interview. Um, yeah, he's going to try and uh, slim down, which, I mean, that's, that, I think that's just science. I don't think he can keep drinking and eating as much as he is at the minute. At some point, there has to be a point where he has to stop, eh? No, but... I, can, I can attain for the test. If you drink and eat a lot, um, it doesn't help <laughs> you. I can, I can safely uh, attest to that fact. Uh, I've, during this lockdown, uh, I've... I've followed a steady regime of drinking and eating and um i can tell you now um it hasn't helped me uh, <laughs> so yeah uh, let's just leave that at that um okay let's uh then move on to the uh to a really really exciting sunday at the waste management phoenix open um where to start with this matt uh i don't well i'm going to give it i'm going to give the floor to you what, what did you think of this Oh, I mean, it was it was some finish, wasn't it? Um, it was one of my. We talked last week about it. It was being one of our favourite tournaments to yeah. watch, if yeah. I remember rightly, and it yeah. it proved that, didn't it? I think it's a really good golf course for for watching golf. I think there's there's enough threat of of water on certain holes, but also it's really scorable in parts too. But a bad miss you have to pay for, um, which I thought it just worked out perfectly. I think set up by by Spieth's heroics on Saturday, be still my beating heart. I got <laughs> awfully excited. Um, <laughs> one of the, yeah. the best days golf I've watched on Saturday, just because it was like it was like old Jordan and it was. Sorry, yeah. um, it was there's only it was no laying up. Um, who do a podcast on golfers? There's only whether you like it or not. There's only two golfers in the world still that can make you feel like you did on Saturday: Tiger Woods and Jordan Spieth. And I don't yeah. think that's far from the truth, to be honest. But it was a brilliant, a throwback. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, despite them, I guess at that point, my bets were kind of an aside because I wasn't doing that well at that point. So I was, I felt liberated just to enjoy the spectacle of it all. Um, so we'll talk about Brooks, I'm sure, and, and the Sunday finish in a moment. But yeah, yeah Jordan was incredible. I, wasn't he? I mean, it was so nice to see uh, Jordan Spieth draining... 20 footers on the Saturday. Uh, it was really lovely. And, and, and just, yeah, he, I'm, I, I'm also a big fan of Spieth. Um, and I'm not as fan, big a fan as you, but I'm not far behind you. Mm. And, uh, and I, yeah, it was, it was good for the heart to see, good for the soul to see Spieth 
you know, succeeding uh, and not in Struggle Street. And, um, uh, you know, on the Sunday, I had a, I had a feeling, I just had a feeling in my gut thinking, no, 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 if this is going to happen just as well as it did from on the Saturday. Yeah. Um, because of the, the the river of shit he's had to swim through for the last, you know, uh, four or five, you know, see, oh, no, three or four years. He's, you know, just, he's just, uh, I just wondered if the scar tissue might be a bit too much. Yeah, I think you alluded to that as well. And, um, and, and, and it did prove the case, but it was lovely to see uh, on the, uh, you know, on the Sunday, uh, on the Saturday. And then, you know, he gave it a good shout on the Sunday. It was a weird round on the Sunday, wasn't it? Because, I, I I said to you before the tournament, uh, before the Sunday, I'm a bit worried about Scotty Scheffler. You know, I because I, I I tipped Xander as I you know have as is my want to be kind of uh, um, reliant on this guy. Now I'm I'm too deep in you know, and I, it's like a bad relationship now. I'm I'm too deep <laughs> in to, to sort of get out, and um, and I just have to carry on with the guy because uh, I'm, I feel like um, yeah, just I feel betrothed to him. Mm-hmm. So I thought to myself, okay, all this space is going to pay off because he's going to do it on Sunday because he looks so good on Saturday. He looks so solid. I just thought he'll 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 outlast everyone through sheer consistency, mm-hmm. and he just stalled. And yeah. so did Speed, um, and so did um, Sh- um, Scotty Scheffler. Yep. The three of them on that final yep. group, just what was wrong? I don't understand. I'm, it was terrible. I don't. I mean, I think it happens awfully frequently, doesn't it? Where, where if if a couple of them aren't firing, the group kind of drag themselves down. Equally, when they they're all firing along and they sort of they'll all go around shooting sixty fours, it tends to be infectious. Poor golf. Um, <clears throat> I think in yeah, terms of Spieth, it was. Going back to his Saturday just for a second, I think that was the best 61 I've ever seen for someone hitting his driver like he was. If you'd have shown, yeah. shown the tee shot else and said that lad shot 61 that day, no one would have believed him um, from off the planet. And unfortunately, I think you can't keep chipping in from around the greens and making your scores and putting from miles away. So I think it was an achievement in itself. And I think because of what Spieth did on Saturday, it felt like a victory anyway, which made him less likely to actually carry it through. Um, in terms of Shoffley, I mean... If you'd have told him at the start of the day, shoot two under and you win, um, he'd have bitten your hand off. Um, and I can't yeah. that he didn't, to be honest. And he was still in it, even though, obviously, Danny, uh, not Danny Lee, James Hahn um, went on on a bit of a rip early doors and was three clear at the 10th hole. Um, and it looked yeah. like he was going to run away with it. But then they all came tumbling back at one point. And when Xander was teeing off on 15, I think he was only, I think he was tied for the lead or a shot back. With the with the yeah. five and the obviously the drivable seventeenth in play, and I thought he was still going to make it, and then obviously Kepka chipped in on seventeen for eagle, and that's a that's a one in a hundred chip at best. I'm not quite sure still how he landed it where he did, and it went in, or even if he meant to land it where it did. It was an awfully brave play, if that's the case. But I mean, I, credit where it's due, he he was he was nails when it mattered, and we disparaged him slightly on last week's podcast. I know, and scoffed at it, and I think it's a lesson learned, isn't it? I think because I'm largely stats driven with my betting, that I will, I will never, I could never have picked him as a winner. He could have given me ten golfers, and I wouldn't have picked him. Um, but I think well, that's the, that's a lesson to learn, maybe. Yeah, well, this is the this, see now. This is the difference, and this is why I like talking to you because you're largely stats driven on golf. I'm largely gut driven. Mm-hmm. So um, I uh, I 
like you, we we didn't disparage Brooks. We just said he was cold. You know, last week he was just because he because he was he was terrible the week before, just so out of touch. And you just thought, oh, this guy's all over the shop. Uh, and and let's be honest, if that final three hadn't all completely just died in a hole, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have won. You know, um, even Xander still had the chance to win that tournament. Um, he birdied the 16th with a, you know, on that beautiful par three mm-hmm. 16th with the stadium around it. Xander goes and 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 and, and hits an iron to what within about seven feet. Oh, he was, yeah, and, was uh, three. And, and, and nails the birdie. And you, yeah, and you just think to yourself, "Well done, Xander. That's the boy. All you have to do is birdie this um, 17th, mm-hmm. um, and you're and you you know and you've won. You're just part, and then part of the 18th, and you've won. Um, and and I agree with what you said earlier as well. This 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 debate about distance control and and uh, this long running debate about gear balls and drivers and 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 changing all that equipment. Here is the antidote right here. Look at the seventeenth par four at, at at Phoenix. You've got water down, Fowler area on the right. There's a small throat that you can hit it up, and if yeah. you've got the ball to hit it up that small throat, you get rewarded. Uh, with a pers- possible um, eagle or, 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 or at worst a birdie, um, if you if you get it wrong, like Xander Schauffele does, stands on that tee, the guy who you just think, well, he'll he'll at least get it somewhere around the fringe because at Xander he's very consistent. And what does he do? He yanks it into the water. This is the this is the course, and these are the sort of holes where you don't have to have them on every single hole on the course. But to, to have these coming home on on on, in, on on a course where you just basically saying to the golfers, it's up to you. You mm-hmm. could possibly get a you can possibly get a two, or you could possibly get a six. So it's it's over to you. Uh, and and I think that's great. And this is this is this this is the lesson. Surely to God, this is the lesson in, 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 that these guys have got to take uh, in terms of the PGA. Um, and, and I know that it takes a lot of doing, and you have to change. There's a lot of earth to be moved and, and things to happen. But it's better than the alternative of, of messing around with drivers and balls because uh, because that comes back down to the amateurs. And, and uh, you know, and, and look, we all struggle enough uh, hitting it, uh, you know, 250 yards. So, you know, for us, it's it's a problem. Uh, for these guys, it's it's no problem. So, you know, change the architecture of the course. I would have thought that would have been um, the, the answer. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, so um, I'm sort of diverting a little bit. But so, uh, so Xander Schauffele, look, I, by by this stage, Matt, I was I was watching from behind the couch, <laughs> do you know, um, uh, because I, uh, you know, when he when he yanked it into the water, I just thought, well, that's it, it's it's mm-hmm. over. And um, and and so Brooks, I, I'm. Run to him, fair play. He uh, let's just go over the over the scores. Brooks Kepka finished on a six under on the on the on the final day, an amazing six under to finish nineteen under for the tournament. One shot uh, clear of Kay Lee, uh, who finished uh, eighteen under, three under for the day. Mm-hmm. Xander Schauffele eighteen under, even for the day. Um, uh, 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 Carlos Ortiz had a fantastic last round, a seven under uh, final round. He's continuing to impress, uh, finished on 17 under. Um, Jordan Spieth won over for the day, 17 under. Steve Stricker, great last round of four under, finished 17 under, tied fourth 
Your mate Matthew Naismith did very oh, well, very well. It was a tied for seventh and, and five under. So talk me through um, those those guys and what your thoughts are um, through those guys. Yeah, so I mean we've we've talked a bit about Brooks. I mean I, that's just a it's an opportunity missed. I think in terms of in terms of mine, it looks I've said it a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, and it's something I'm going to think about when staking again. But the the tickets are fifty a fifty plus to one is is just it's got to be an auto bet in future I think and that's going to be something that I'm going to bear in mind just you're betting on someone's ceiling someone's class um, but again if if Shuffle plays well it, it doesn't get into the into the equation um, Cage Lee I was impressed with because he dropped a shot somewhere mid on the back nine I think and I thought he might fade but actually he kicked on again and he had a putt that only just slid by um, on eighteen that would have got him into a playoff with Brooks. Um, so someone again who was a massive price at the start of the week, um, but has played quite well in Phoenix before. So maybe someone to watch out for yeah. next year. Um, Ortiz, I, I like Ortiz as a golfer. Um, I've, I've backed him a few times, but I, I've, I'm not sure he it's sustainable that how much at the minute he's holding his game together with his putter. He's had a couple of blinding finishes, but he's not hitting the ball well, not even close to. He's just putting the lights out, um, the same as he did on on Sunday and he had a couple of eagles I think in his round and I mean he's golf isn't just striking the ball and um, like I like to think it is sometimes it's putting counts yeah. right but I don't think that's sustainable he's putting like prime tiger at the moment um and unless that continues and that becomes sort of his game I'm not 100% sure that you're going to see that maintained and I think his price will be cut dramatically the next time he turns up um going down the list Scheffler was disappointing all the talent in the world but under the pressure, the few times I've seen him, he hasn't performed. It, they've been very ho-hum, couple under rounds where the path of the course is more 4-5 under on a Sunday, where it's kind of similar to Sam Burns. I'll talk about when we talk about Pebble a little bit. On the weekend, he seems to, to fall from grace a little bit. Um, mm. And then we can talk about Martin e. Smith um, because he, similar to, to Shoffley with you, put me through the ringer on Sunday. Um, so... My picks were not amazing, but I had a couple of really good rounds. So I had Neesmith, Zalatoris and Henley, who were all a couple of shots or a shot off the places going into Sunday. Um, and Henley and Zalatoris having shot really low ones on Saturday. I think it was seven and eight under a piece. Um, just from the outset, a couple of bogeys and and just were out of contention. So uh, it was all on Neesmith for me um, in the terms of getting out of the week clean um, at best. Um, but then it was had such a weird round. Um, because I back Neesmith because of his tee to green game, because of his ball striking. He's excellent at that. Um, and then he just started putting really well. And I was, I've was i never been so confused. Um, so he had one bogey, I think, but he must have knocked in on Sunday about four or five par putts from about 16, 18 feet. And normally when you see Neesmith on shot tracker on the green with anywhere between five to eight feet, you know you've given a shot away. You sort of turn it off and think for the best, hope for the best. Um, but he had quite a quiet front nine. I think he was one under on his front nine uh, and then made the turn, um, made a three at 10, gave it back immediately with a bogey and then just played the last five holes, the most un-Matthew Neesmith holes I think I've ever seen. Um, knocked a long one in for his birdie on on 13 after not being great from Tita Green. Part the next, I think he was got up and down from about 40 yards away after the, the horror show where you turn it on shot tracker and it says 310 yards to unknown. Um, um, rolled in an eagle um, on 15 and even at that point it was getting packed at the top I think there was about 12-15 players within a couple of the lead at this point um, and yeah. I was tearing my hair out he missed a short one on 16 which is the par 3 in the stadium 
Um, it was about 10 feet, I think, and I think the crowd got to him a bit. And then on 17, I don't know what I was doing. I must have missed his drive. But by the time I turned Shot Tracker on, it just said something silly like 315 yards to the green, um, which on one hand you're absolutely delighted about. And on the other, it says 85 feet to the hole, um, at which point you're just crying out for a two putt. And he left his first about yeah. 16, 20 short. Um, and actually, it was delightful because before I had to put the shot tracker on the next shot, he actually came on the TV, at which point you get a bit of an inkling that he's hold it, which was going to be a surprise at best to me because he does not put well normally. Um, rolled it in on yeah. 17 and then rolled in another par putt from about 15 feet on 18. Yeah, I saw the 15 feet par putt on the 18 and I thought, it's just wow, that's off. a great... Um, so his par for his yeah. course is he loses strokes putting that's that's sort of standard he's improved it a bit but he loses strokes and over the four rounds he gained about four or five strokes on the greens which is like i said on twitter i I don't think he can play better than that like he could not have won that tournament however on that point i will hark back to his friday round and he made a seven on 18 on friday um triple bogey after putting it in the water and i know i shouldn't everyone's got hard luck stories but he would have been in a playoff with brooks had he just parred that hole um that said, if that was the pressure on him, he definitely wouldn't have played like he did on Sunday. So at 250-1, I am absolutely delighted to take the place money and run um, to Pebble. Yeah, well done. Yeah, no, you take that. And you did, as you say, you did shout out, um, tip out Matt Naismith on the show uh, last week. And uh, well done to you. That's a, that's a great shout. And I think, you know, I'm not sure he'll be that price again. Um, so, you know, that, that was excellent. I, I, to finish it up, to wrap it up, um, I, I think it was a great tournament. It's it's a it's 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 a great tournament to see. It's nice to see some crowds there, mm-hmm. and some people there, uh, and uh, you know uh, I think uh, someone asked me the other day, what is Xander kind of heading down the field of Ricky Fowler like a, like an almost an almost man? And I I don't think so. I think it's a bit early to be sort of saying that about him, but um, that'll hurt. Xander for a while, I would have thought. Yeah, I mean, um, I think, think it's a hard one, isn't it? Because Ricky's been stagnant for quite a while. But if you think Xander's last full field win was the 2017 Greenbrier, I think. Maybe two, maybe 2018. Yeah. Um, but it's almost yeah. three years since he won a full field event. Obviously, he's he's won, won a tour championship and he's won the WGC and he's won the, the Tournament of Champions a couple of years ago. But they're all reduced fields. So it's interesting that he doesn't seem to be able to take it home when it's a when it's a full field event. No, and yet he sits on top of the FedEx mm. Cup standings at the moment because he's just won so much money. He's so he's always always around the top of the leaderboard, uh, you know. And he was you know second again. I think that's his God. That must be his. I think his fifth or sixth second in in the last like ten tournaments. So uh, you know he he's. Um, He's a bit of an mm-hmm. enigma. Or we'll just, or we'll just leave him at leave him at that. It's getting too, it's getting too painful to talk about. Um, okay, so now let's go on to the AT and T Pebble Beach at uh, uh, at Pebble Beach and Spide Last Hill. This is gen- usually a three course tournament with the amateurs in it as well. Um, and I don't know about you, but as I, as I wrote on my tweet today. Uh, I'm kind of glad the amateurs through COVID, uh, the amateurs aren't in it this year, so I don't have to watch ex-boy band <laughs> members and, and actors and retired athletes and their awful swings, you know, um, along with the with the pros. I can actually just watch, we can just watch the pros, which is good. Um, it's a two-course tournament, uh, Spy Glass Hill and Pebble Beach on Wednesday and Thursday, and then 
Pebble Beach on Saturday and Sunday. So uh, amazing about this is Dustin Johnson's defection on Monday. This is a weak field, man. This is really weak. The, this, the highest ranking golfer in the world in this is Patrick Cantlay at 11 in the world, uh, followed in the odds by Daniel Berger. He's the next book, his favourite. Uh, and I looked at starsports.bet and uh, it's uh, Cantlay, Berger and Paul Casey, I think, is the is the third mm-hmm. one. And I think he's at about uh, 18 to 1 or something like that, 20 to 1. So it's a really, a really, really weak field. And that might be some opportunity. Um, what, what what do you take uh, from this very, very weakened uh, field and, and what has always been a very prestigious event? On the yeah, I, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because you've always had, I mean, even with DJ in the field, it propped it up a little bit. Um, and you've always had a reasonable, a reasonable field here. It's never been sort of top of the shop like it is some weeks, but... I read. I was having a look at it, and the the OWGR points are going to be lower than it is um, for the Alfred Bunhill. That's the course sanctioned event on the European Tour and uh, the Sunshine Tour, which I thought was an interesting little fact um, and reflects the weakness of the field. Yeah. Um, I think DJ pulling out is is an annoying one, um, just for for taking a bit of value out the field, but equally it props up everyone's win equity a little bit because I mean he's in such elite form that your golfers without are going to have although there might be 10 points short they've actually got much more chance of actually winning the thing um and equally interests me because it's an event that's had some massive price winners um before people like ted pot jr held off dj yes, a couple of years back so it's one where you can get a bit of value on having a flyer or two uh, i just think it was a hard one to make up and i think similar to last week on the euro tour i'm not going in with massively clear in my convictions that i've got the best card that I've got the most confidence in this week, um, just because it's a bit of a scattergun. And the top of the market is interesting to me. Um, I think a lot of them are, are too short now. I think the DJ being in propped a couple of prices up and made them backable. Now, I wouldn't be backing the same player that I have backed as my headline pick at the price he is now, I don't think, just because there's not enough juice in that price for me to take him each way. And I wouldn't be backing him just to win um, without the bonus of your, your eight or so places each way. Um, so... I've got a bit of a spread card. Um, and it, I read a stat earlier in the week that said the majority of the winners have come either sub 40 to 1 or over 150 to 1. So naturally, I've spread all my bets within that. So I'm probably not going to win anything. Um, but it's it's an interesting yeah. one. What's your take on it? Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a bit stuck with this. I, I'm, I'm a bit betwixt and between. Uh, so I'm going to I'll give you my picks. Um, Paul Casey, I've gone because he has got course form here. Uh, he lost out narrowly to Phil Mickelson here a couple of years ago and coming off a back of a win in Dubai. It was interesting. He had a very interesting interview after that tournament where he said, I've been working so, so hard on my game uh, over the last few months. I, I've, and it's really nice to see it pay dividends. And I'm, I'm in a really good place with my game right now because of the work that I've put in. And, and I thought, wow, okay, that's quite revealing. Uh, he, he, he's, he was quite emotional after the tournament and said, you know, I've, I really have some very clear goals of where I want to be this year. And, uh, and, and, I, and so he's a very motivated man right now and, and he's running on confidence. He played quite well at Saudi uh, to finish just outside the top 10. And I think, um, I'm, so I'm going to go with Paul Casey. Uh, he's short, a bit too short for me, but I'm going to go with him anyway because I'm just... I, 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 I'm just going to go with a bit of course form here. Um, the 
uh, the other guy that he you know who beat him. I'm going to, and I don't usually take Phil Mickelson, but I'm going to have a little nudge on Phil Mickelson because if he can just calm down and stop trying to yeah. hit bombs and and actually just work the ball around the course. He, this is not a long course. It's it's quite within Phil's wheelhouse. He's won forty four times on the PGA Tour. This guy, he's in a Hall of Fame, uh, you know, champion. This guy, he'll be in the Hall of Fame. He is a five time champion at Pebble Beach. So he and he's professed long and loud. Mm-hmm. He loves this course. So if Phil can just yeah. calm down and stop trying to be a a, a the world's youngest fifty year old. <laughs> And stop, you know, trying to compete with these yeah, guys and hit cool. bombs. Uh, I, I, you know, he, he, his iron game is still as good as anyone's in the game. His putter is still as good as anyone's in the game. He, if, if he can just massage the ball out to where they need to be on the, he knows this course. He knows it'll win on this course. And at forty-five to one, uh, you know, so I, you know, I've put him out. You know, on my starsports.bet column, I've put him, Paul Casey, uh, Tom Hoagie. I'm I'm kind of I'm going to give Hoagie one more chance. I, I, he keeps on flattering to deceive for me, um, and he's a bit like you, as you said. There's a, a couple of other guys you mentioned, like Sam Burns, who uh, is another guy that I'm, I'm I'm still interested in this week. He just needs to stop uh, faltering on the. Uh, he's got the class, but he but he has a bit of a case of Sundayitis where he has a, a or, or or a Saturday problem where he has a one sloppy round that that derails his is is charged completely. So that's my four: Casey, Mickelson, um, Burns, and Hoagie. Hoagie is about one hundred and fifty to one, or one hundred and twenty-five to one. So he's good value for a place, I think, because he's he's. I just think he's he's got quality, and he's been up and around the leaderboards. If he can just iron out that one bad round, he could be value. So there's yeah, for sure. Score. So think, we man? we match on a few this week, um, which is I think the first time that's happened, which is bodes well. Surely, It'd be nice to have a, a joint man in the stand winner, wouldn't it? Okay, <laughs> either both <laughs> it's really worrying. Either yeah. One. So <laughs> the first one is is yeah my headline pick of the week, which is Paul Casey. Um, I think Casey is really good fit for the course. Um, so he actually came 64th here last year, which doesn't jump out an amazing fit. But previous to that, he's had a second and an eighth. And similar to you, I was incredibly impressed yeah. with him in Dubai, um, but not just the way he played, um, but the fact he's got that new driver in the bag and he was driving it brilliantly. But the way he talked about his game, he was as bullish as I've ever seen him um, talking about golf. And it really felt like yeah. it was a different Paul Casey. It's almost like the there's a lot of swaggering down the fairways at the moment. And I know it's a, it's kind of like a big fish in a small pond when yeah. he comes back to the European tour, but it felt like he knew he was better than that field yeah. and he knew he was going to beat that field. And I think... He has every right to think almost the same here. Yeah. There's not much that's going to be a threat to him. And I think that confidence could bode really well for him. And also, you know, I, I like my stats and he actually comes out really well. I looked at greens in reg. I looked at putting and, and par four scoring. Um, and I broke it down um, looking at like the last six months, the last three months. Um, and his, his putting has been excellent. Notoriously, he's not a brilliant putter, um, but he's actually top 20 in the world if you look at the really recent form. Um, and even more than that, um, he is, I think he's fifth in the world with his approach play in the last three months, which is, is impressive. And I think if he keeps that Tita Green game, rolls in a few, um, and his recent form reads 12-1-8. So he's, he's been consistent more than he's ever done before. Um, and I think that 
if he doesn't have the, the jet lag and coming back from, from Saudi is going to affect him, then I think he's got absolutely every chance. Um, he's got a good course form, he's got good recent form, and his confidence is high. So, yeah, I've got a bigger bet than I'd normally put on Paul Casey on Paul Casey this week, um, just because I quite fancy him. Um, that said, I wouldn't be sure about 16s, but at 12... Sorry, Matt, uh, technical glitch there. Um, so, where we were was when I lost the line was you were talking about Phil Mickelson and, uh, and, and your thoughts about Phil. Yeah. So I quite like the, the idea of, of Phil this week because he, he's going to have to club down quite a lot. Like you say, he's been hitting the driver all over the place and trying to hit it as far as he possibly can. But I think the fact that being able to club down here might help him. It'll sort of contain him off the tee. Um, and then his his approach game is is still decent when he's on point and he's got the short game around the greens because um, yeah. they are small greens here to get to get up and down when he's when it's needed. Okay, uh, who else do you like? Where did I get to last time? So I had I spoke about Casey a little bit, and then where do we get to after that? Am I yeah, over? Yeah, so uh, for, for, for Paul Casey and Phil Mickelson, we both like. Uh, for the reasons, as you say, Casey on, on course form and a couple of seasons ago, Phil Mickelson on course form and the fact that, as you say, he has to club it down and get around the course around a little bit and uh, and he's certainly got the tools to win here uh, in a weekend field. Uh, anyone else you like at a, at, a, at a price? Yeah, so I've not gone too high with my prices, so I've got three more. Um, um, I've gone one absolute flyer, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, but yeah, I've got three that are around 60s to 80s. They're probably a couple of points shorter than that now. Um, the first is Henrik Norlander, who has performed um, really quite well at the Farmers um, earlier in the year um, yeah. or a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's got recent form that reads 22nd, 2nd and 12th. Um, and although he has missed a couple of cuts at Pebble, he was 25th last year. And I think it's an interesting one because he's been he's been a pro for a full 10 years, but he's only really come onto my radar and onto the, the PGA Tour and at the top level the last couple, um, and particularly well in recent months. And if you narrow his stats down to uh, looking at greens in reg and par for scoring and approach play for the last sixth or, or even last three months, he's as high as sort of the top five in the world or the top 10 in the world in those stats. Um, and while wow. I'm conscious that he's not, an elite player in terms of mindset and experience with, with numbers like that. I think he's absolutely a backable price. Um, I've got him at sixties. I think he's, he's about forties now, which I wouldn't dissuade you on. Um, given there's no Dustin Johnson in the field, he's, yeah. he's excellent at par fours um, on does tend to run hot and cold with his putter, um, but generally gain strokes. Um, so, so I don't mind him at all. Um, and I'm hoping he can pick the frame. Um, the other couple I've got, I've got Matt Neesmith. Um, I make no apologies for keeping the faith with Matt. Yeah, of course. Um, Despite him moving on to, to Poana Greens um, at, at Pebble Beach as opposed to Scottsdale last week, his price has been pretty pretty skinny compared to the 250s we had last week. But actually, his, his stats make out quite well. And although they're very different courses, a couple of the same stats apply. Things like greens in regulation, um, approach play, because these greens are really quite small. Um, and if you look at his stats again in the last three, six months, they're... They're far beyond his his world rank his world ranking. So I'm not holding out that much hope of him him scoring equally with the putter. I think that will be too much to ask. But if his confidence is up and he's when he stood over those eight footers, ten footers, twelve footers, he's remembering that a couple of them found the bottom of the cup last week. You never know. It might do him the the world of good. Um, yeah. Similar to Phil, um, Neesmith actually lost strokes last week. 
uh, off the tee, which is unusual for him. Um, but whereas in Saudi and in Phoenix, if you miss off the tee, you end up in the desert, often with a shot to the green. And unfortunately, El Pebble, if you miss, you often end up in the sea. So I think it's quite good that he's forced to keep it on control off the tee and he's not going to be looking to, to smash bombs, like you say. Uh, and Nathan's whole game is, is fairways and greens. Um, get the get the, the game as tight as possible and give yourselves as many chances as possible. So... Yeah. 80 to 1 this week. Um, I've talked, I think he's 66 is now because um, it's been chopped a bit with DJ, but I don't think that's bad at all. Um, mm-hmm. Lastly, Peter Malnati, um, kind of the, the antithesis to Neesmith, if you will, um, the demon putter. Um, normally you can rely on him to give himself chances and roll them in. He's normally one at back first round leader, which I might have a look at too. Um, but he's having quite a good season. He's got three top tens in 10 events. Um, he's played really well at Torrey, which I thought was bit of a weird one because it's a really hard course and not necessarily mm. one that would match his game because it's fairly long as well so it's it's telling me that actually is he's been able to expand his boundaries a little bit um greens and regulation isn't great but you just need to get his putter in his hands if he can hit a couple of fairways and um, he plays par fours really well um, and he came 11th here last year as well so i've lent my ear to course form just a little bit um and 10th three starts ago and he finished 14th at the sony as well um, which, although it's a different, it's in Hawaii um, and it's not not the West Coast. It's a coastal track and it's fairly short. So I think there's enough parallels there for me to give him a chance at 80 to 1. Um, again, it's probably a couple of points shorter now. Um, the only other one who I've taken a bit of a flyer on, you know, I like a flyer each week. It's not really mm. come to fruition. Um, and Nick Hardy looked close last week and never actually came through. Is Akshay Bhatia, I think you say it, um, a young... Um, young chap who's come through the Monday qualifier. He's come through a couple of Monday qualifiers this year, actually, um, which I, I quite like. He's on tour in his limited amount of rounds. He's 26th greens in reg. He's 28th in approach play, uh, which I don't mind. And I think he's anywhere between 300s and 500s at the moment. So, I mean, it's worth a couple of quid for me. Um, it's very much a flyer, but I've also had a couple of quid on his top 20 bet at nines or tens, I think, are available at the minute. Um, so that's where I am this week. Yeah, I like your shout on Norlander. I, I, he was a guy I was watching last year and, and, and flagged him up once or twice as a, as a new young talent to kind of watch. Um, he's, he can be a bit erratic, but but I've noticed his name around and about the leaderboards and his performances have been very good in the last couple of weeks. And I think you could be onto something there with Norlander. Um, I, as a guy I'm going to watch in running um, is Adam Long because it, this he's a very consistent golfer. If he gets away to a good start, he doesn't chuck things away. He tends to grind it out and, and be there. So I'm going to watch uh, Adam Long uh, as, as a bit of value as someone in running uh, over and above the guys I've looked at. But um, I, I, yeah, I think Norlander, as you say, is good, uh, a good shout. And, and Naismith, why not? You, you know, you did well with him last week. And he's obviously, he's you know, he's he could he could do this because he's uh i noticed him late last year he's come he started this year again strongly and um why not you know uh, you know it could be a good shout so yeah okay well that, that, that's great uh, look thanks matt i really appreciate your time again it's always good to get your insights and uh it'll be interesting to see you know what what sort of transpires in, in a very weakened field you know these, these quality golfers at the top um you know, should by by form um, walk away with it, but that's not how this competition works. This is not how. This is why golf is such a great sport to bet on because you can get some real value uh, if you can just uh, identify the uh, the value opportunities. So uh, I'm I'm going to watch it with interest. Yep, definitely. I'd be interested to see how the only one I've, I've I looked at and haven't backed um, is Streelman. 
Um, I'd be very interested. I think he might be one to watch if if over the weekend he's anywhere near close to. I think course, course form along as, as well as his experience could be massive, um, particularly if he's up there with some of the perhaps um, more more talented, more, more, I don't know how to put it, more sort of modern golfers who are going to be more names on the betting board. But I think he could, yeah. be, could be one to watch out for if he shows anything close to some form. Yeah. All right. Well, look, thank you very much, Matt. And thanks, everyone, for listening to Man in the Stand. And uh, we'll be back next week to to kind of have a recap on, on what's happened at Pebble Beach and look forward to the to the next week following. So um, thanks very much. And thank you, Matt. No worries. Thanks for having us on. Good luck for the week. You too, mate. Bye-bye. Cheers. See ya.